All right, welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV Radio. Com. Every single Friday this time, we bring on our guy, Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. Eric, how are you? Doing well, man. Uh, long week, as many people know, but uh, it looks like we're going to get some football uh, this weekend and, you know, with Patriots uh, Monday night. Yeah, Patriots Monday night. Um, is there any redeeming quality about this matchup with the Jets? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's probably... Uh, you know, one of those where if you're a Pats fan, you're you're going to either get a win, which is a win, I guess, or you're going to get closer to, you know, drafting the, you know, Brady's eventual eventual replacement um, if you if you end up losing. I think the, the only place uh, where maybe it's an issue is, uh, you know, if you if you're betting on this game, it might not be that fun. I was so disappointed last night in how the 49ers offense looked because I was all I tuned in second quarter and Nick Mullins is moving the ball down the field. Then he ends up throwing a bad pick. But I'm like, see, if they can do it with zero talent out there, why can't the Patriots do it? And then their offense proceeded to do nothing. So I guess you do you can have the best play calling in the world. You have to have some degree of talent available to you. Yeah, that does appear to be the case. I mean, I, I'm a big-time believer in Kyle Shanahan. I thought that he was going to run circles around Belichick a couple weeks ago. Um, but, you know, it's clear that, you know, there's obviously limitations to that. And even though Nick Mullins, you know, his statistics end up looking okay, um, you know, it, it's pretty clear that he, you know, if he doesn't have receivers like Ayuk and, and Samuel, you know, Kittle, it, it's not going to go that well. The Packers, who have been pretty rough defensively this year, did a pretty good job of shutting them down yesterday. Let me ask you this. I asked somebody else this question earlier in the week. I'm going to ask you, in honor of the election, next four years, Bill Belichick or young offensive play caller, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan type, who would you rather have? Defense is so hard to sustain because it takes, you know, it, it sort of takes a village, right? It takes, um, you know, uh, like you look at the Patriots, right? Their front seven's gone. Um, they're fine defensively, but they're not nearly as brilliant as they were the first half of last year. Coverage isn't quite as good. You know, you lose Chung, who's been one of the best players in the league at covering tight ends. Offense, it's really about, you know, play caller, quarterback. If you have those two guys in place, you know, you know, essentially a lot of those other things sort of drop off of in, in importance. So, you know, give me, you know, the offensive guy. Now, I don't know if McVay is the kind of guy I really want long term. I'm, you know, I, I kind of like Joe Brady. I kind of like, um, you know, obviously Andy Reid, but he's, you know, no longer young. Um, but even like an Arthur Smith who, who coaches in Tennessee, uh, Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, like one of those guys is obviously, you know, who I would go with um, over an average defensive coach. Now, Bill is far from average. So, you know, that's kind of where, you know, I think the, the rubber meets the road there. Why has McVeigh's star fallen? Because a couple of years ago, it was anybody who was near McVeigh was getting a job, and that's how Zach Taylor got the job in Cincy. Why are people down on McVeigh? I still like McVeigh. Uh, yeah, it. The, the The issue is, I think that their their one offs aren't very good. So you watched the, the game the other day um, against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins get an eighteen point lead on them relatively quickly, and they try to come back throwing a bunch of speed outs to Cooper Cup. Like when the play action game isn't working, when they're behind, they can't really move the ball downfield as well, uh, you know, as some of these other teams. Whereas I think, you know, even though San Francisco still, you know, requires a lot of, you know, play action and stuff to cover up, um, you know, the the quarterback deficiencies, I think that they're a little bit more explosive. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Patriots didn't make any real big moves at this at the trade deadline. A couple of additions, you know, they go get Isaiah Ford from Miami. 
what does the tape or what does the grade show on Stefan Gilmore? Okay, he's not the defensive player of the year. Is he still an elite corner though? Yeah, I think that the, the nature of cornerback play is that, you know, year to year, it's almost never the right, you know, you almost never can capture truly how good somebody is. I, you know, I honestly thought Gilmore was a better player. And I think the grades, you know, would suggest such in t- 2018, he had a 90 coverage grade for us. He had just an 85 a season ago. You know, it, it's it's up and down with those guys. And, it, it, you know, you saw Jason Verrett last night was absolutely abused by the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, prior to that, the passer rating he had given up in that you know season was 50.9. So it, it's just a really, really, uh, you know, unstable, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, bit there. And, you know, for example, a season ago, like, you know, he'll, you know, Gilmore only gave up one touchdown, intercepted six passes. Now he's given up two in one year. And, you know, not all that much is different. I mean, the completion percentage is a little higher against him um, and, and all of that stuff. But it's really – you know, it, it's just a really random results-based game back there in the secondary. And, you know, without much of a pass rush to speak of, Gilmore is just, you know, tailed off a little bit. But I don't expect that to be something that's sort of fundamental about his game moving forward. What position fluctuates most year to year in the NFL? Like in baseball, I always say, well, the bullpen is volatile. Well, guy looks like Cy Young in the bullpen one year. The next year, you know, he's a middle reliever at best. Um, what position fluctuates most in the NFL? Well, it's corner. Um, you know, corner is the is the most volatile position, and it's because it's not an attacking position. You're not in control uh, of a lot of the things that you are responsible for, and you know, and you know, it's really schedule based. I mean, when you're, uh, you know, the Patriots last year in your first bunch of games, you're facing a really bad Josh Allen, uh, Sam Darnold, but also Luke Falk. Like, you know, you're you're not you're not facing great, you know. But take Minnesota too. I mean, the first half of the year they faced you know a bunch of quarterbacks many of whom might go to the hall of fame second half of the year might, that we might be asking like what how is minnesota's defense improved well you look at it why is it well they might be facing chase daniel this week and they might be facing um you know uh jake luton in a couple weeks and teddy bridgewater and and that really does make a difference and it's not really something that you can control uh with your fundamentals out so the patriots play on monday we'll get back to them in a minute but of sunday there are some very very interesting and noteworthy games i think i'm most interested in the team the patriots just saw buffalo against seattle buffalo's at home should give them an advantage but seattle's always been good going east under russell wilson what's your what's your gut on that game yeah absolutely i mean we have uh seattle's a two and a half point favorite we probably like it a little bit more like three so i think we we would favor seattle in this one um, both defenses are not very good. I think one of the underrated things about the Bills um, is that their defense is probably, you know, in the same category as the Seattle defense, many, you know, pe- of which many people think is not good enough to actually win with. So that's that's kind of where I'm trending here. I, I like I like Seattle. I think both defenses are going to be bad. And I think Josh Allen, if you ask him to cross the street 10 times and keep up with Russell Wilson, I think he's going to get hit by a car one of those times. <laughs> How about the other team in the AFC East that's really interesting is Miami. Now, they make the the sudden decision to bench Fitzpatrick after a couple of wins. Tua plays, gets the win last week, but didn't have to do a whole lot. They're taking on a pretty good Cardinals team who has beaten Seattle. What do you think of that matchup overall, Tua against Kyler Murray? Yeah, I you know I think Kyler Murray's maybe a little bit overrated right now. They they're really good on the win loss record, so obviously that's going to protect onto the quarterback play if the quarterback play isn't a disaster, and he hasn't been a disaster, but he hasn't necessarily played as well that ten to nineteen range. He's not been a very good quarterback, um, but at the same time, you need to see it from Tua. You can't re- you, you know you can't rely on defensive touchdowns. You can't rely on special teams touchdowns every week. He does have pretty good weapons. It was nice to see him throw a touchdown to Devontae Parker um, the other day, but. 
you know, he's got to be better than he was, a, you know, a week ago because we give him about a 40% chance to make the playoffs, which is a pretty good bet. I mean, their defense is pretty good. You know, when you look at, uh, you know, the, the, in the games where Igbenogany, Howard and Jones have all played, they haven't really given up a pass that's traveled over 20 yards in the air. So they're a very stout defense, taking a lot of the players and, of course, the brain power of Brian Flores away from the Patriots, and it's really showing. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about that. We focus so much on the players that leave the Patriots, right? Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Danny Amendola, all these guys that are no longer here. But what about just the 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 sucking away of the brain trust in the front office or in the coaching staff? Is that you know some of the Patriots struggles attributable you know attributable to that? I mean, Jason Light, who's the GM in Tampa, used to be a Patriot. John Robinson in Tennessee used to be a Patriots guy. Can you explain some of the Patriots? personnel issues and drafting issues on not having some of those minds around. Yeah. And, and they're just, they're going to be doing more difficult than everybody else because you know, they're where, of the nature of where they're drafting. I mean, they're taking players, you know, when's the last time they picked above, you know, 28 in the draft. I mean, other than this, even this year they traded back, um, you know, they're, they have a harder time of it, but then they've also performed poorly in the first round. So it, it, it's tricky. Uh, I would say that there's some obvious, you know, you know, in the Patriots' heyday, it was Pioli and it was Belichick. And, you know, since then, it's really been Belichick kind of by himself. And, you know, some coaches who I think mo most of whom have struggled when the, when it's come time to sort of do the entire job, um, there there could be something to it. I know, you know, their drafts have not looked good by our metrics in an awful long time. Uh, and they generally, you know, do okay because they draft a lot. They do a lot of trades. The the Patrick Murray or the the um, Kenneth Murray trade with the Los Angeles Chargers was a very good move this year. But that doesn't mean that the guys they end up getting, the Duggars of the world, are going to end up being good. It just means that they're giving themselves a better uh, chance at the roulette table. So, it's a it's an interesting one. I would say Flores appears to be a guy who really gets it, um, and and that and that's a good thing. And in Tampa, you know, they also made you know significant strides to be more like a Patriots defense. They drafted in 2019, you know, Devin White, uh, Sean Murphy, Bunting. The year before it was Carlton Davis. And you you look up, and that defense all of a sudden looks like a very coverage heavy defense, which is how you win in the current NFL. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, joins us every single Friday. Eric, man, we appreciate it. Look forward next week to uh, breaking down a uh, hopefully, finally, Patriots win over the Jets. So thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, have a good weekend and stay safe.